Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Another Packers preview here, playing the, uh, not the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers here on the On My Block podcast, Packers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying hit that subscribe button. Somebody always says smash that subscribe button. I'm not sure about that, but hit that subscribe button, rate and review us on uh, our YouTube channel, Process to Perform. Check me out, MikeWall68 on Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram. And as always, this wonderful show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and the National Hockey League are all in full swing. And Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time, head to the website, betonline.ag today, and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-A-V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. I'm looking at bet online right now. And uh, these guys are coming in. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and company are coming in favored by. And I, I can't believe it, but it makes sense. You watch the game, over unders 44. Makes sense. You watch this offense for the Chargers. They can put up some points. Now, this is this is a, this is one of those games, though. If if we're being honest, the Chargers are just as perplexing as the Packers. Brandon Staley is um, he's on the hottest of hot seats. I think now that maybe Frank Wright, Frank Wright, and, and Brandon Staley are probably on the hottest of hot seats right now. We've already had a coaching change, obviously, with the with the Las Vegas Raiders. This guy is in charge, a defensive head coach, guru, guru. They're giving up 393 yards per game, good for 31st in the league, and nearly 24 points per game, good for 24th in the league. And when you turn on the tape from the Lions game last week, it's one of the worst. I mean, it is – and the Lions are really good. The Packers are not the Lions on offense. But that is one of the worst, most physically dominant performances, dominated performances I've seen up front. Linebacker play second. I mean, it was an absolute dumpster fire. And you look at when you look at the NFL games and you're watching tape, and you look at matchups, you look at some of the scheme stuff that they do, but then you get down to it. Like, are you how are you doing against the guy in front of you? And there are multiple instances where guys are being carted off the side of the field by the other team, talking about the Lions moving humans 10 yards downfield, 12 yards outfield. They scored a high school pop pass. I forgot who's calling the game. Somebody says, yeah, Ben Johnson's, I don't know Ben. Ben's a genius. He's, I mean, he's doing an unbelievable job. I hope he gets a head coaching job. We'll observe it if he does. They run a tight end pop pass. The first touchdown I ever scored in high school. And uh, I forgot who was calling the play, but they're just so enamored with the offense. And the, the, the Chargers look so bad on defense. The guy calls it just pure genius. And um, it's been interesting because you you look at them on tape. They have Joey Bosa just signed a huge contract last year. Khalil Mack, one of the you know the top edge rushers in the game for the last the last number of years. Obviously, we know him from Chicago. Uh, Derwin James Jr., um, Asante Samuel Jr. Like they have guys that at least from name recognition value, and those the first three in particular are really good players. Those first two, those two edge players, they found a way. The Lions last week. There's a formula to kind of take them out of the game. Obviously, they're going to be a problem in pass rush, but this is one of the first games where you watch it and you go, you might be better off playing these guys in base and running the football because you can get all you want in the passing game against their base defense, and they're not – like they just don't hold up in a base 3-4 the way that you think they are or they should as long as you can get hold of – really, Bosa in particular, running at them is usually difficult, wasn't as bad this game. Now, you flip that and you look at the Green Bay Packers. They're 3-6. and six, They're coming off a game – to me, that felt like a season-defining game. In other words, you're three and five. You're going into Pittsburgh. The team's that's a very beatable team, and 
you lose the game in the manner in the fashion in which you lose it. You give up 205 on the ground. You have a chance at the end. Doesn't work out the way you want it to. Kind of la- another lackluster performance from the offense. And it'll be interesting now, for, at least in my opinion, you're three and six. You're out of the playoff hunt. You got a lot of questions to answer. You got a lot of things to look forward to as far as maybe 2024. If you feel like you're not coaching for your job, which I don't think they are in Green Bay. And now you start going, well, is Matt LaFleur going to start shuffling around some players? Are we going to start seeing some different looks? Are we going to start maybe shuffling around some coaching change? What is going to happen? What are they going to do to rock the boat to get more development and progress out of this group? Um, Because just from, and and just maybe trying out some new ideas and thought processes, uh, processes on both sides of the football. The Packers gave up 205, uh, below average Steeler running, uh, running attack. I think they're 90 yards a game, I think going into that game, something around there. Jordan Love is uh, continuing to – I said this yesterday on a show, and, and I don't mean this disrespect because I think he has talent. But there are – there's not 32 good quarterbacks in the league. I mean great quarterbacks. He's got arm talent. He's got speed. He looks like he has a good demeanor. What happens to these franchises – and I don't think this is him necessarily, but I'm just putting this out there because I've been, a par- I've, I've been around this is you've got a guy who now he's going to his fourth year, but it's his first year as a starter. And he's got enough talent. He makes enough throws where you close your eyes and go, he can be the guy. But there's a lot of stuff. He's, he's meat on the bone, man. Easy easy error route, flat route passes to the to the running back. But, you know, the, the bubble routes, the, the combat, the stuff that's like pitch and catch high school stuff, okay? We miss on a lot of those throws. Too many of them. Not maybe a lot, but too many of them. And then there's some processing errors, pre-snap recognition, stuff we go, we went over on film last week, you go over every week. And then um, some of the decisions that he's making, and a lot of it has to do with the receivers and running routes. We talked about the chair. I think he called it an Omaha pump, but it's a bad route. So what are you going to do? You shouldn't throw it. But there's enough of that where you start looking at him, you go, okay, is he going to be a great player or is he going to be one of those guys that you call a two-tenure quarterback, meaning that, a second coaching staff comes in to try to get the most out of what you think is your franchise quarterback. So the next couple of games, it'll be interesting to see from Goody's perspective, because he's already like, you got rid of Rasul Douglas. Like you've already made moves that kind of show like we're, we're looking ahead. We're looking long-term. This is, you know, this is the the circle you can get into, you know, the, 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 the general manager and the personnel guys can go, Oh, we're getting rid of these guys to think long-term. And it kind of takes the it takes you off the hot seat, right? Oh, we're not worried about this year. We knew it was going to be this way. And then the coaching staff can go, well, what do you expect? Like they just got rid of Rasul Douglas. They got rid of you know Mercedes Lewis isn't here. Like we don't have leadership in the in the wide receiver room. We don't have leadership in the tight end room. So it's this weird kind of circle of of accountability where you know it's like who's on first? Well, they don't have the guys in the room to be leaders, so they can't learn as much. Well, yeah, that's because we're looking towards the future, so it's okay. And everybody's kind of absolved of ultimate responsibility. And it's not like it's not that they're they're all factually correct and accurate. It's just um, in the moment, it's difficult because you are missing a Mercedes Lewis that, that could really help this team. You are missing an Alizar to Randall Cobb professionals that know how to go about their business and get stuff done the right way. You are missing an Aaron Rodgers who knows how to prepare for a, a, a matchup and an and opponents and, and, and get everybody on the same page, maybe better than anybody uh, it, certainly in, in the building right now. So you are, you are missing a Rasul Douglas who was, you know, appointed by or designated by the players on that team already as, as the glue of, of the secondary, at least. And then you go see how, how they're playing now. So there's a lot of kind of uh, uncertainty the next couple of weeks. I think maybe the most, important decision that they have to make though between Goody and LaFleur and everything is if this is going to be the same group coming back to coach these guys and, and, you know, buy the groceries and whatnot is Jordan love um, showing you that he can be the guy that you, that you're willing to invest in. And if that's the case from Goody's standpoint or Mark Murphy, whoever makes these decisions is this staff as it's currently assembled the right staff to make that happen. And I don't know that you find that out unless you ruffle some feathers right now, as far as what you're the operation you're going through. And I think we'll talk about some of that stuff a little bit later, but there are certainly, it certainly feels like right now in terms of next year, next year's plans, the, the clock's ticking. 
Let's talk about the Chargers defense first. So Dodgers defense, 24 points a game. They give up 24th in the league, 102 yards rushing, which is not bad, 12th in the league. They give up 291 yards passing, the worst in the league, the worst team in the league and from a passing perspective. And so that rushing number, when you watch this Detroit Lions game and all the, the damage that they did up front, it's a little bit deceiving. I was on a show last night and they're like, well, you know, the last two weeks we they played like the Bears. I forgot two the two worst teams in football, the Bears and the Jets. And they're like, yeah, we uh, we did really good against our defense did really good against their running game. It's like, well, it's the Bears and the Jets. Like, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, but you go up against a good team. It's kind of the Packers right now. You go up against a good team and, and the game looks a little bit differently. So statistically, the worst passing defense in football. Um, having watched the game last week, you would love to see Aaron Jones get 30 carries, 35 touches minimum. 30 carries. 30. They're struggling at every level. The best players on their team, you got, I already talked about it, Bosa and Mack up front on the edges, and then Derwin James. This is one of the few games that I honestly believe the Packers should go into this game and say, we're going to run to the tight end. We're going to bring the other one in motion or put them next to each other and slip on, on the defensive end and just feature getting double teams from the, you know, if it's right, right-handed formation, right guard, right tackle, and then left guard and center. We're going to get double teams there. The backside tackle's got to cut off. And guys, the movement that you see on this tape is, is going to make you a believer, at least for this week, that we can do something in, in the game and against base defense. Because if you leave them in base, right, what happens with Aaron Jones? He gets manned up on a linebacker. And their linebackers did not hold up well last week, and I do not think they'll hold up well this week against Aaron Jones. They tried to play man coverage early last week against the Lions, and they got absolutely dog walked for 24 points in the first half. So they switch up. They have to play a little zone. It, it's it's a defense that is struggling to find himself. It's confusing given the Brandon Staley's you know history. They do some things that are schematically unsound. They do some things that are technically unsound. We'll, we'll, we'll show it on tape. But when they committed to the, the run game last week, they got torched in the passing game. So this is one of those deals where if you come out – and, and establish a physical dominance of play at the line of scrimmage. It's a big if, but if you do that, it's all you can eat against this defense. Safeties play deep in the run game. They allow for good wide receiver blocking angles. You'll see a lot of crack blocks on tape, opening up big plays in the running game. They do a really poor job of rotating. You go man motion across the ball. Safety doesn't come down fast enough. There's a 10-yard cushion there for the running back to run into. It's just, it's there. It's, it's all there for you if you want to take it, okay? Let's watch some tape on these guys. I think I got a lot of film today. So bear with me. Early in the game, under center. You get Laporta matched up on the on the linebacker. Leverage play, easy matchup, easy win. We talked about finding the fish, okay? We talk about it every week. And listen, guys. Joey Bosa is really, really good. Just like we're complaining in Green Bay. Oh, they've, you know, we're playing these guys too wide. Okay. Formationally, they're taught to line up outside. If this is like a nasty split, they're taught to line up outside this nasty split. Okay. It gives you leverage opportunities. But these guys are getting moved. You watch this right guard, right tackle. I mean, that dude's going to get folded in half. It's just, they're absolutely getting This first play of the game, first running play of the game. And you see what happens here. They take the tight end in motion, run him across the, the, the center. And now he's leading into the gap so he can take care of Bosa. That wide receiver is not taking care of Bosa by himself. But Bosa is not one of those guys like Max Crosby who's going to kind of freelance. He's going to play within the confines of the scheme and the structure that he's been told. So you can get these doubles on him. And if these linebackers and safeties don't poke their heads in and, and take away from these double teams – you are falling forward for five, six yards every play. I mean, this is what the Detroit Lions did all day long. It was unbelievable to watch. You got shotgun. You got trips look uh, uh, down, down south here. You got two up top. And they're running quarters. Let me back this up for you. Pre-snap, they're showing quarters, right? They're showing four across, right? So in quarters, if the high side guy jumps the in route, look at all the space you have to exploit, and you have leverage on the backside safety already, okay? 
These are where the opportunities are. There's just tons of space to run free. And you just close your eyes and go, Christian Watson on that route, he's going to outrun anybody who's on their field. This is what is, for me, I had to, I had to triple take this stuff. So, so this is Austin Johnson, Nick Williams, Joseph, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. These guys got absolutely walked off the ball in a manner that you just don't see very often. You look at this guy. He's over 10 yards. Look where he is. He's 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. And you can talk about, well, everybody's got to do their job or, you know, somebody else can make the tackle or the cutback shouldn't happen. When you move a human or, and cause you end up running in the linebacker when, when the mass moves 10 yards, that's, I've always say you get one yard of vertical push. That's three yards of, of running back room. Right? So this is like, this is going to be minimum, minimum explosive play, you know, 13 yards falling forward ends up going for the touchdown. Now, another sign here, backside, right guard, right tackle, just controlling the line of scrimmage. This is what needs to change in the Green Bay Packers for me. When are we going to decide that this team is going to control the line of scrimmage on a consistent basis? It doesn't, you know, it's like the Panthers are going through the same thing. You know, we smash mouth. We don't want to be power eye. We don't want to, okay, you can still control the line of scrimmage. And take note of this Who's if you're watching at home. The Detroit Lions run off the football, okay? The San Diego, the LA Chargers, like the Green Bay Packers, shuffle off the football. And the, tech, the, the Detroit Lions have fantastic technique and attention to detail, but they run off the football. They're trying to move humans multiple yards downfield. Watch what happens to the, the uh, defensive tackle over the right guard here. 10 yards, and then Panay Sewell just dumps him at the 50-yard line. I mean... If, if I'm watching this, first of all, this is a tough tape to watch on defense. But they got absolutely nothing. I don't even care about the play. Like, I don't think they got a lot. I think somebody made the tackle. But you just got absolutely dog walked, okay? Now, another situation. Now you're over the left guard, left tackle. I mean, they're all my, – my, my point in showing you all these is that it's happening at every position. It's not like they're going over to, you know, they're all pro center, Frank Ragnow, or – or Panay Sewell, one of the you know biggest, strongest guys in the league, and he's just moving them every time. That's it. Every place you look, these guys are getting moved. Now, to shoot or not to shoot, we talked about last week at the Green Bay Packers. If you're going to stand back there and let my guy get double teamed, well, I'm going to double team him into your lap. Sometimes these guys shoot. Sometimes they play soft like Nine's doing right now. Kenneth Murray Jr., first-round pick, 2020. You're going to sit there and back up right now and not take a gap? What do you think is going to happen? opportunities for the Green Bay Packers to actually move humans off the ball. This is the other thing they do. Run game. Six-man box. Obviously, you can see number nine's lined up over the, over the center. There's space to fill that B gap on the, on the left side of the screen, right side of the field with the safety. But the safety's 10 yards high, okay? 10 yards off the line. He comes down late. It gives the receiver, and their receivers do work in Detroit, it gives him time to get the crack, okay? So he's not there to fill the hole and get underneath. And then 32, 32 Gilman missed a ton of tackles. If you looked at tackles, yards gained after attempted tackle in this game, it's got to be over 100, well over 100. Green Bay Packers. Look at this formation. Imagine this is one of your short yarders. All the fans are complaining about, and LaFleur, we'll talk about it later, but, you know, start explaining two and three, you know, two down linemen, this whole thing. Okay. Same idea. It's not a two down, three down, four down lineman issue. It's an alignment issue. When you have a nasty split off the left tackle, you see the wide receiver, that linebacker is taught to be wider. Okay. That sounds good on paper because you can't get cracked. In reality, as you see here, if they run backside and he does that, takes that cut, that linebacker can no longer get to the play. So everybody's right. Call it whatever you want. From an alignment standpoint, if you're going to line up outside the nasty split, you're in trouble. Big play. Missed tackle. They tackled each other. I won't rewind it. All the way to the house, right? Over 100 yards after contact. It's insane. You see the same thing here from the safety. He comes down. 
late. And so you get these, you know, guys, you know, you go, well, it's not, it's not an explosive play. It's a seven yard game. It's unnecessary. Love it. Right guard, right tackle. And this is one of another opportunity just from a movement standpoint. This is uh, Obonia. He's a fifth round pick last season. You're playing two eye, and this the Packers have to look at this and go: if we run off the football, okay, we can capture a two eye with our tackle. I mean, that's big time, right? And even if he gets pushed, like uh, he got beat, he got knocked on the ground, he made the. You got six yards, guys. We would die for six yards right now. Now, when a push came to shove and they had to stop the run, they started bringing extra guys. So they're running. They run some slants here, bring the safety down. They still insert. Now the defensive end can come in and make the play. Okay, so the Detroit Lions had answers and they still got yards because they're just a very detailed, well-coached team. Come down safety off the edge. This is one of the few plays they made in the backfield. So they will sell out, but you can see, I'm going to go back to make a point. You even see on this play, watch the receiver at the top of the screen. It's play action, game's over, right? I mean, they're not sound. They don't take care of what they need to take care of. I really thought this was a clever play. So you have to have solutions for Macambosa. We talked about it already. What the Lions did is they lined up a receiver. They already knew that it was going to be that if they go into the nasty spit, if it looks like a bunch, then just by just by having humans in front of you, it's going to slow down your rush. He goes into it. Uh, he's in a two-point stance. He's not going to be as fast off the ball. He has to navigate through or around or whatever with this wide receiver, but he's going to line up outside him, not inside him. Okay, so they have to worry about that. Then they leave their tight end, and then their tight end has great technique here, hipped off. But you see with this look, Khalil Mack, he can't get a jump on this tight end. So now he plays right into him. Tight end's got his hands inside. I mean, just like this guy's Dan Campbell was a tight end. I'm sure his tight end's coach is doing a good job of teaching technique. But these guys aren't designed to build, to beat um, Khalil Mack in pass rush. But he just has to get enough because this is a three-step timing. And now you're getting, you're, you're creating kind of solutions pre-snap just to make it more difficult for that guy. And it's without having to like literally chip out and take that time. So now you're always going to have to either run an arrow. You're going to have to do a stick over the ball. You're going to have to run a, like you can actually run some real routes and still slow the guy down enough that the tight end feels comfortable that he can make the three second or the, the, the three step drop uh, pass protection. Now the chargers, a little secret. Whenever you drop, you go into base, you're in a base personnel and you're going to cat fire but you're going to drop the outside linebacker so in, in other words the tackle is going to set for the outside linebacker and he drops and you're just going to bring a 190 pound corner and now you have a linebacker in coverage you have to play off on the bottom of the screen here and you have a cornerback rushing the passer we hope you do this this is what we're talking about brandon staley and some of the stuff they're doing i don't know if he's making the calls or you know whatnot but like just schematically this is really really advantageous for an offense offensive lineman the entire team hopes that you're going to rotate your safety over you're going to play uh coverage 12 yards off one of your better receivers giving a 12 yard head start before contact you're not going to rush your best pass rusher and you're going to rush a 190 pound cornerback under your under your guy like Oh, and by the way, you vacated the safety because he had to come over and, and, and cover your receiver. Oh, thank you. Like, this is this stuff's awesome because there's just so many opportunities in this game based on what they do defensively. Really a two-by-two two here, tight ends attached. And this is the advantage in base personnel. You get... Your running back, your Aaron. I'm, I'm always just going to default to Aaron Jones here. I just think he's got he's better in open space. But you have Aaron Jones one on one with a linebacker, and it's just a monster advantage. You know, actually falls down, gets back up, and gets four more yards. Hey, 1992, rim of the world high school, Fighting Scots junior varsity, little kid with green eyes and a 
heart full of dreams. Comes into the game second quarter to play quarterback. They call tight end pop pass. Not like green right tight, blah, blah, blah. They call it tight end pop pass. Under center. Fake to the running back. Little floater to a junior playing on tight end, a two playing tight end on junior varsity. First touchdown. First play of football was a touchdown. It was all downhill after that at the quarterback position, unfortunately. Under center play action. Going to get movement here from this linebacker. You see the crosser now by the running back, I believe. I think that's Montgomery. And he's just all the way down. Doesn't quite make a house call, but gets pretty close. So there's, hey, it's there. From a from an offensive standpoint, the Green Bay Packers have to be looking at this game and just saying, like, man, if if we can if we can be aggressive, if we can be technically sound, if we can move humans and, and control the line of scrimmage, our skill position players are going to have success against whatever they bring. And there's answers at every level. So I would be really excited. If I was the passing game coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, that the opportunities this, this game could present, and I, I would not be angry at all if we stayed in base all day, because I think you can run in base just as easily as you can you can do anything else, and I think it gives you an, a, a, a marked advantage with Luke Musgrave in the in the game with Aaron Jones. I think it gives you a marked advantage against their their secondary. All right, let's talk about the Chargers on offense. 26 points per game, 7th in the league. 350 yards per game, 11th in the league. 100 yards rushing per game, 22nd in the league. And 250 yards passing game, good for 8th. Listen, Justin Herbert is a unicorn as far as talent. He might have the strongest arm in the league. He's going to do some stuff on tape you're going to be blown away by. This is really a two-man show, okay? This is this game is about Keenan Allen, who's, I think, leading the league in receptions, and Austin Eckler out of the backfield, Okay. How do you find a way to slow down, in particular, after last week, Keenan Allen? He can play that that just-get-open role. Like, good route runner. Man coverage, though, it's like the ball's going to you. Just get open. Or whatever you think open looks like. And he can just go get the ball. He is He's a league leader. 73 receptions, 895 yards, six touchdowns. And the guy throwing him the ball, we all know the story punctured lung from uh, Tyrod Taylor. He's the starter, gets thrust into the role immediately, you know, kind of like on the sidelines going, I guess I'm playing today, and has never looked back. People have – everybody's got criticism. The guy is one of the most talented dudes I've seen. He's got – he's last week, 27 for 40, 323 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. For the season, he's at 67% passing completion uh, percentage, excuse me, 2,350 yards. He's got 17 touchdowns, five picks. They have a plus turn. They're one of the best uh, turnover ratio guy, uh, teams in the league. He's doing really well from a, from a obviously touchdown to interception ratio standpoint. There's not a small enough window this guy can't fit the ball in. I mean, he can make it, – it's it, it's the closest thing I can think of, I guess, is Pat Mahomes. I mean, this guy's got an absolute rocket. Um, it feels like watching this team – that they almost, they do better when they're down. It's like, okay, we're going to try to run the ball. We're going to do blah, blah, blah. They've got two first-round picks on the left side, Zion Johnson and, and Sean Slater, who's one of the best tackles in the league. So they're off, they've got, you know, listen, Corey Lindsley being all, all his health medical issues is terrible. Will Clapp, who's playing behind him, opportunity there. Okay, not great. It feels like this team, when they get down, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to stop doing that. We're going to go five wide. Shotgun, Herbert, you guys pass pro, dude. Get get these guys open to make plays. And we'll watch some some tape here. They love to attack intermediate zones. They're hoping for man coverage. I mean, they're hoping that you put Eckler on a run on a linebacker. They're hoping that you put Keenan Allen one on one with anybody. I mean, they're please do. That's if they see it, they're throwing it, and there's nowhere he can't throw it. I think that Kellen Moore has come over and. The one thing you can say is just from a concept standpoint and execution standpoint, they they must be very, they do a very good job of creating space for their stars. Like their star guys are getting the matchups that they want, at least in the last game, they're getting the matchups that they want. 
They're really good in the screen game. Eckler's a great screen player. They're athletic on the, up front of the offensive line. And this is one of those these, these uh, games where if you have a rush plan against Justin Herbert, in my opinion, it's got to be up the middle. You bring pressure up the middle. One, because that center is vulnerable. Two, because he doesn't throw well off his back foot. And he can go either direction. He can run to the left, flip his hips, and throw an absolute dart. He's got he's got an absolute cannon. So let's watch some of this stuff. Number one for the Packers defense: attack these tight ends. This is the kind of physical play you see. This I think this is Aiden Hutchinson against their tight end. Oh, that's not Aiden. Sorry, that's seventy nine. But attack the tight end. Be physical. Be the first to contact. This is why. Like, I'll bring it up just because people are talking about it right now. Aiden Hutchinson is in a two-point. That's his prerogative. We're in a four-point here. What is the advantage of being in the four-point? Your hips are lower. You have better leverage. Pad level is lower. Right? You can strike low to high. You have more power. You're more of a coiled spring. That's the advantage. Now, what's the disadvantage? Awareness, lateral movement. You know, there's some other, there's some things that aren't what you want, but if you want to get down and dirty and, and be able to attack this guy, you're not going to attack him in a two-point as well as you can in a four. I want you to notice, too, and this is just kind of interesting, I think. Left side's good. They're good, you know, not a bad offensive line by any means. But watch how they come off the ball versus watching Detroit. And listen, when Detroit comes off the ball for inside zone, it's a little more vertical. Yeah, are they running as much? No, they're not. They run a lot of middle and outside zone there. But these guys shuffle off the ball. And you see this with Green Bay a lot. And people ask, well, why isn't this player doing, you know, why, why are we not moving? It's because when you shuffle off the ball and your second step doesn't increase leverage to the, to the first and second step don't increase leverage to the defensive lineman, you're not striking kind of with momentum. It's hard to create separation and, and, and vertical space. We look on the, I think this is on the, yeah, backside here. So we do a lot of stunting and, and everybody, you know, we got called out a little bit on, on TV last week. And we've been talking about it for weeks and put you in a weak position, but watch Anzalone for the, the linebacker for the, the, the Lions here, because he comes downhill so uh, violently right here into this gap, Gerald Everett, who's not going to play. He's a good uh, a receiving wide receiver from Seattle or tight end from Seattle. I don't think he's playing this week. It's a, it's good for the green Bay Packers. He's a good player, but he, totally misses this, turns back, and gives these guys an opportunity to make the tackle in the hole. Okay, so aggressive play kind of screws with the offense. Same look here. Now you got you got a, a safety mugged up, and we're just going to be the more physical team. This is the determination that Dan Campbell and all the all the you know the the former coach the former players turned coaches they have on their staff. This is what a big part of the culture they've brought. We are not going to be out physical. That's not the kind of ball we're going to play. So he he attacks 15 on their side of the line of scrimmage. And, and they just play a really physical brand of football. Talk about he can make any throw in any window. Simple stuff. And we talk about making the easy plays. They're making, you know, for the most part, he's making the easy throws. Again, we show the two-man, we're talking about two-man stuff. So you get in the screen game here with Eckler. And just look at look at the play speed and kind of the elusiveness that Austin Eckler has. And this is the this is the problem. They do a good job of getting their linemen out into that space. They're gonna be able to pick up that man coverage, right? You have to be, you have to be forceful and decisive. We've seen it a lot over the last couple of weeks. Rudy Ford last week, very decisive spiking through and making a play the week before we hesitate we we get blocked by the the offensive line because we're just hesitating and now we they go off for a big play like it's just how you approach the game is going to determine the the terms of that confrontation we got a three by two empty they motion down and they're just trying to get echo open right so they motion down they go inside release with their with their point man which forces that the the top hat player to play outside, to continue to play outside leverage. 
Eckler goes underneath. And listen, when you're in this position as a defender, you're actually in a pretty decent position from a leverage standpoint as far as being able to chase this guy down. Now, you're beat, right? He's made the play. and He's going to get a couple yards, but you feel pretty good about this. But Eckler's a special player. Just hits the hits the e-brake, ducks underneath him. He's small and goes and picks up 10 more yards. Okay, so this is what you get. The, the after-catch performance for him is, is really high level. You got a three-by-one. And it's like, Justin Herbert, I want you to escape to your left, flip your hips, and throw and just throw a dart to your number one. It's like, no problem. I can do all that. Check, check, and check. No problem. The guy can make throws. So you, you have to know where these players are. They'll throw to the other guys. They, uh, their other two receivers, first-round draft pick, actually, Quentin Johnson and then Jalen Guyton last year, both or last week, both had good games, right? And they're kind of they're building. They're building. But but really, when you talk about this team, you don't want Keenan Allen to beat you. Now, they motion across and the Lions show zone. So they know that this tight end is now going to be covered by this safety. Why is that important? Well, because all he has to do is cross the safety's face and you have all kinds of space back here for your, your number one to play outside leveraged cornerback into the end zone. We got a – this is a play with, without Eckler in the, in the game. This play doesn't work. There you go. Toss crack. It looks all kind of a jumbled mess. He ends up dip-diving and dancing like he's playing dodgeball for a nine-yard gain. You look at this from the end zone copy, and it just is all kinds of bad. Number one gets lit up, gets in the tackle's way, and Eckler just, you know, I said it must be a drowning pool concert, man. There's bodies everywhere, right? Bodies hitting the floor. I mean, bodies down. Bodies down. Outside, bodies down. Bodies. I mean, guys are just missing. He's just making people. He's he's that kind of player. So you show zone here. Show zone up top. You got trips. When they show zone, they know that that crosser. If they're going to run a shallow cross with the with the inside uh, slot receiver here, he's going to have to get picked up by that by that linebacker. It's a matchup that they like. And you see the way that he runs it. He turns it into a foot race. So he doesn't immediately go across. He goes up, 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 and now he hits it after five yards and tries to run right across this guy's face. They clear out on the downside. Easy pitch and catch, first down. All right? I like the way from a detail standpoint that, that their passing game works. Got their bunch look, and they've gone decided to go man. And this is where Keenan Allen makes his money. They put the receiver on top in man coverage, but that safety's got to hold. And all they do is a little stutter step with Keenan Allen, and they just throw the fade. They got a ton of space out here. Herbert can put it kind of wherever he wants. The safety's not going to be able to get there. Another big play in this game. You know, they passed for almost 350 yards, and he had a lot of them. These kind of plays, he's not going to miss again. Now, I'm saying that from two standpoints. One, when safety covers over the top, because we have the orbit, we have the uh, the bubble motion from from Keenan Allen. Now you've got single safety, and he's over on the numbers to start, on the high numbers. So you got this tight end open, but more importantly, you got the Texas route with Eckler, and there's nobody in the middle. If Eckler catches this ball, the next person to touch him maybe is that linebacker on the 40-yard line. But my point is they're doing a great job of scheming guys open, and there's answers everywhere. Okay, And that linebacker bit hard on that Texas route. So he misses this throw, but you know if you're watching – the Packers are watching defense. It's like you have to be aware of what they're trying to do. Lindsay's out. Will claps in. You just got to take advantage, I think, of this. He's not particularly strong in the run game. He'll turn his uh, – we'll see this attack middle with middle pressure we talked about before because he'll turn his hips. He can get picked. He doesn't kind of punch and get back, stay squared to the line of scrimmage at times, plays a little bit high. So he's one of those guys that you know I, I'm kind of trying to focus on putting somebody over him, making him move, making him redirect. And I think that's one way to get pressure up the middle. Again, this kid's good at everything, but when he releases, he's fast enough to outrun your defensive ends. 
He can throw far enough to make any throw in the field. You kind of want him backing up and throwing off his back heels. You got the trips look here again. And, I mean, you talk about this window throw. He just rockets this thing. And you think that safety, it doesn't, it, it, it kind of defies physics, man. Like you shouldn't be able to, shouldn't be able to make that toss. You got a twins look upfield. And what you love about this is they think they have this covered. The corner immediately knows he's made a mistake. Ball's gone. And then the, this guy's got he's re, he's an underrated receiver. He plays for a team that is while it's in a big market, it's not the top team. Nobody they've never just had this great fan following. This is one of those games where if it was in San Diego, there'd be more Packers fans or LA, be more Packers fans in SoFi than there would be Chargers fans. But this kid is Keenan's an unbelievable football player. We really got to be aware of it. So, with that said, what are the matchups we like? What are the keys to victory? <clears throat> I really like Aaron Jones versus base personnel. I love the linebacker matchup because I don't think they can hang with him in, in the passing game in space. I think you can run all kinds. I think you can run option routes. I think you can run crossers. I think you, I think you, you can run your Texas routes. I feel like the interior offensive line for, uh, for our team should feel like we can get movement in the running game. If you know you just take we've been running that formula as well, where you're either leading with the tight end across the ball or you even line them up and you just let them slip on the on the defensive end. The big key is you can't allow their best players to make plays. So put two guys on them, they're gonna lead up to a safety. The way that they are it, it, until the chargers start shooting the gaps with the safeties and, and choosing holes and, and forcing one-on-one blocks, take advantage of it. If they start doing it, you have to have a correction. You run some more toss crack stuff. You run some gap stuff. Fine. But until they do, dude, zone this aggressive, running off the ball, middle zone, let your guys get movement. Let that let Aaron Jones get back there, make a cut, be out the gate. Number two, Keenan Allen versus everyone. I think, you know, we talk about the secondary. Um, Gerald Everett's going to be out. That's going to allow us to sometimes bracket coverage. But you do have Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield. I don't know if you feel comfortable with some of the matchups with our linebackers and Austin Eckler, especially right now with Quay being out. That's kind of why you drafted him. Jalen Guyton and Quinton Johnson, are uh, the, the TCU kid, are still playing, are, are continuing to evolve. But they're, they're guys that can make plays in the passing game. I don't, for me... You just don't want to see Keenan Allen have 150 yards and three touchdowns in this game. And he's, he's the kind of guy that can actually do that. Number three matchup, Packers defensive line versus Will Clapp. Right, you really, really their interior offensive line. But when I look at the game, I go, that's the guy. I think Zion Johnson's good. I think the right guard is serviceable, certainly. Um, Will Clapp plays a little bit high. Turns a little bit I, I think if you put somebody over him and, and make him move, I think you're the pick stuff. I think you're just going to feel good about it. I don't know how good he is at getting movement. A lot of shuffling in that interior offensive line. So you don't expect him to actually move humans off the ball at a very high clip. They're not going to spend, they only run the ball about 40% of the time, right? It, I it, this could, the thing is, we don't score a lot of points. So they're not necessarily going to be in this situation where it's like, man, we got to get five wide again and start going. So Kellen Moore might not get to that until the second half. We don't know. But if they do run the ball, it's actually to our advantage. And then when they do get in passing situations, you want to get you want to get Justin Herbert on his back foot. So up the middle pressure. Don't give him pass. Don't give away rush lanes. Don't let him escape outside. Make him throw off his back foot. Keys to victory. Three of them. Big plays on offense. This this defense, just like ours, misses tackles. Okay. But they also they cover poorly. We just saw a bunch of it. Um you're going to have to match what is a much better offense than last week against Pittsburgh. This LA Chargers team can score points. They can put up numbers. They can hold the ball. They can, they can, they have explosive plays. You got to match with explosive plays. We cannot think that we're going to move 80 yards, 10 yards, five yards at a time and, and be successful scoring enough points against this team. Number two, we've been talking about it, pressure Herbert up the middle. And then number three, yeah, for me, you're three and six. You're trying to develop this identity. 
Aaron Jones is your best player. Make this game about Aaron Jones. Get him 35 touches. If Aaron Jones doesn't have 35 touches, I don't know what to say. If he's healthy enough to get 35 touches, passing and running, I screen game, just make feature him. Force them to bring down the coverage and give our fast players, Musgrave, Watson, depending on matchups, give them opportunities to be successful in the, in the passing game, and, you know, where they have space to run into. Where a lot of these plays we look at, down the sideline passes that we don't connect with and all this. Those are hard passes. You look at some of the passes we just showed on both sides, and it's like you're throwing into 40 yards of space. You just don't get a lot of that with Green Bay, and a part of it is because you're not utilizing the underneath passing game with your running back like Aaron Jones. That's forcing the difference in space between the linebackers and the safeties, between like a safety coming up on an in route and then you're running over the top of that one. Like you don't have those combinations or at least we're not hitting those combinations enough to really throw fear in the heart of these defenses. The last few opponents, I think I'm going to get into uh, some listener questions here. The last few opponents offensively have included wrinkles from prior weeks to confuse the Packers defense. So running different stuff out of the bunch look, some of the, the way they they release on the play action passes, the Steelers last week, the bunch and the you know, bunch and the and the play action pass releases. You put something on film, and then you take that thing and you change the outcome. And like in other words, I could go from green right tight right now. And I could run uh stutter, lead, weak lead, um, power, toss crack. Outside zone, outside zone week, uh, all the passing tr- combinations. But my point is I could line up in the exact same place and give you all these different outcomes. And too much, you know, oftentimes you look at teams now and it's about we're trying to repackage the final play. Like in other words, we want to run double scissors and we want to get four different formations of personnel so nobody will know what we're doing. And that's that's part of the game and it's super important, Okay. Because if you know the scheme, if you line up in one formation with one personnel group every time, two by two, and you're running double scissors every time, it's going to be too easy to defend. I get that. I think this is the part of the ball that as an organization, you have to think a little bit further and start going, let's create multiple options from the same look. Lead, gap, toss crack, split flow, weak side run. You can all run that from a single look. And that's what teams are doing to us a little bit. And that's what you'd like to see. And I, they, I, listen, every team does this a little bit. I'm just, th- I'm just telling you from a player's perspective, that's one of the most frustrating things is when you keep seeing the same formation or look and you have no idea what they're going to do this time. You have no idea. So let's get that idea moving a little bit, I think, as we, as we go forward. Now, I have a couple of listener questions. I actually have a lot of them. I'll get, as, to, I'll get to as many as I can here. What goes into the first 15 plays? We talked about this real briefly uh, in another show. I think we might have talked about it here. But basically, first 15 plays, things you want to show for later. What personnel groupings and, and, and schemes and fronts, formations, rotations are they going to do based on what you do? So if I go into uh, 11 personnel and I've got, you know, 87 is not my X. He's going to be my my uh, Z receiver or, you know. I move guys around. I, I start motioning people over the ball. What are they doing in the back end? What, how are they rotating? Are they playing zone to that? Are they cross, are they are they playing man to that? Are they gonna, are they going to match up with dime? Are they going to match up with nickel? If we go into twelve personnel, they're going to play base. Are they going to play in their you know, their base defense? Like you're trying to get that information, but you're also trying to run stuff that you know is going to work because you want to strike early. So you're trying to run stuff. You're trying to run plays that you know that your players already know they're going to be run. And you can execute at a high level. So you should, there should be no questions about what you're going to do at every position. Like I'm playing X receiver on lay. This is my route. This is my check. This is my hot. This is the, this is the audible. I know everything cold because I got it the night before. You got to feel good about that. But you're also as a, as a, as a coordinator, you're trying to figure out, okay, this is what they're doing against this look. So now we want to make some adjustments. Somebody asked what's wrong with the pass rush. I don't remember what we're ranked from a pass rush standpoint, but I will say this. If you really just sat and looked at our, our team, who's the pass rusher? Rashawn Gary. Who's the next one? Preston Smith's a good defensive end, but Preston Smith hasn't made money in this league because he's a pass rusher. 
you don't have an interior pass rusher. You don't have you, you didn't ever hire one, right? Devontae Wyatt, maybe compared to I mean, he's not as good as the, his counterparts at Georgia, but I think coming out, everyone thought he had a little more wiggle to him. Maybe not the, the kid from this year, but maybe I'm talking about Davis from last year. But you know, Kenny Clark's never been a great pass rusher. He could have been, but you didn't give him that time to develop because you played in a nose tackle in the three-four. He could have been a great three-technique pass rusher, penetrating player, but I don't know if that he's that now because you know you have that's something you got to work on in the offseason all day long. So you don't really have those guys. So and you don't bring a lot of pressure. Like you were bringing Quay a little bit more last year. He's hurt now at the end of the season last year, but you don't have those guys. So you don't really, from a personnel standpoint, have guys that like Rashawn Gary is a dude that you got a game plan for now, I think, because he is pass rush, pass rush win rate is probably pretty high. The thing about Gary is he is he's he gets to the, the height of the quarterback and he'll keep going sometimes. So he's, in my opinion, he's giving away a lot of, 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 of free plays and pressures to the right tackle by not pressing the pocket and collapsing that pocket when you get up to the top of the brush. Um, but I think, you know, basically, I don't know if you have the personnel to do what you want to, to get done. These other guys, you know, and Igbari is developing. I think they just brought in Justin Hollins. You know, these guys are going to get a play here and there, but are you, are you sitting there going like, this is a Joey Bosa? This is a TJ Watt? Absolutely not. Right? Is it Daniil Hunter? Absolutely not. It's just not, they're not those kind of guys. Uh, my good friend Paul Swatzel asks, can Chargers win with Staley as coach? Paul, they're favored by three and three or three and a half, three points. And uh, listen, Staley's in the hot seat for a reason. It, it's uh, inexplicable that a team that's run by a defensive head coach is that bad on defense. And they have been, I think, for the last couple of years. And they've got some real dogs on that team. Usually when you have three guys that you would consider all pro caliber players, which they do, you're going, I'm, we're going to be okay. And for whatever reason, they are abysmal, especially in the, in the passing game. So can they win this week? Uh, absolutely, because they, I think the offensive firepower. But I would expect the Green Bay Packers to finally put up more than 20 points. Why are we so bad against the run on first and second down? Alignment. Uh, it's it's Listen, all of this is a function. We talked about it last week. All of this is a function of the, the philosophy of the team. We just I just showed you some alignment issues that the Chargers have that mirror what the Packers are kind of going through right now in, in some of the conversations they're having with the media. But ultimately, you don't necessarily have players that match what you're doing. You don't, I, in my opinion... Um, you don't have guys in the middle linebacker position that are great in a three-four defense. You don't have pass. You don't have penetrating. And you're not playing a penetrating defense. You know, at least in base. Kenny Clark is is not getting the kind of disruptive. He's not the dis- disruptive presence necessarily that he has been over the last couple of years. And so you and we miss a lot of tackles. Like we missed 16 tackles last week. So if you want to be bad at something, that's a pretty good formula. I think the number one thing for me though is evaluating. Do you does your personnel match what you're trying to do schematically? Somebody asked me to evaluate John Rennie Jr. up to this point. And here's what I've kind of always said about John, and in my, my opinion really hasn't changed this season. And I don't think John is going to take any uh in, insult from this because I would put you know, you put a lot of people in this category. I think he's a an average physical talent. He's a, he's a marginal talent, whatever that he's not a jumps off the screen physical presence okay if John wants so he's and he's played like he's a starting player in the National Football League for the Green Bay Packers a big deal if he wants to be better then he has to change the way he goes about business because when you're a marginal when you're an average talented guy you can't have passive footwork and he does not in other words he is always kind of shuffling into contact like he's Zach Martin but Zach Martin's 330 and can squat the house He's a, he's a, he's a unicorn. Okay. You need to be aggressive. Second step downhill, second step strike, same foot, same shoulder, body angles, all of the momentum, hands inside, punch and extend all this, like the basics of the sport. You got to be really, really high level at to get those like kind of eye-opening plays. I think he does a really good job at, at kind of being, I don't want to say serviceable because I think that's disrespectful, but but he's um, almost like an afterthought. Like you're usually talking about Myers or how's this guy? Okay. Who's going to play left tackle for me. If, I just think he could get, you could get more out of, he can get more out of his body. 
And I think you have to do that by just being a more in my mind, I'm going to get my footwork this way and I'm going to get my hand placement body position this way so I can be more aggressive at the point of attack consistently. Because you see plays like, dude, if he's got a shot, he'll take a shot on a guy. Like, it's not like he's a football player. His dad was a football player. He's he's a He knows how to play this game. He loves this game. He respects it. He plays hard. I just think he can get more out of his body if his body angles and footwork and, and hand extension and everything were – he played with a little more a little, a, a little more aggression and, and maybe a, and some better leverage angles, which is – it doesn't look like that's what they're teaching. But if it was me, I would go and immediately learn how to do that, and I think he could level up. Uh, last question. What do you need to see from this team to get excited? Talking about the second half. It's a good question. Uh, and, you know, for me, it's always about – I, I'm, I just like watching players develop. That's it for me. It's really that simple. I want to see players play playing better. I, and what you have to understand now, what I'm always, always – whenever you're looking at the guys that I work with on their teams, you look at the Packers, what is a function of – the coaching staff is forcing them to do it this way versus he doesn't want to, he doesn't think about the game necessarily in that aggressive manner or in the, or he doesn't have the tool set to perform at the level that he needs to perform. Interesting. Uh, Shanahan had a comment. Somebody asked him a question about a quarterback coach in the off season or something. And he kind of shrugged. Oh, that's a strength conditioning coach. And it's like the, the guy went back. He's like, no, the, He's a quarterback developer. That's what he is. And then Shanahan basically went into that's two different things. And it was, it was a really interesting point that he made. I was surprised that he said it, but he said, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing that guy's working on X, Y, and Z in the off season. Okay. We're working on this coaching staff's working on football, how to beat the other opponent, how to we are game planning. We're scheming. We're like, we're not working on, improving the guy's footwork. And I thought that was, I thought it was super interesting because I would sit here and say, if you can improve the John Rennie's footwork and technical ability, the plays that you're trying to win on are going to be that much better. The problem is, I think another way to look at it is they only have so many hours in the day and they're worried about, the next opponent, how to game plan and scheme for that opponent. They're not sitting here going, we really got to make sure that step is precise. Whereas somebody like me, for example, there's the guys like quarterback guys that are worried about individual player performance are very, very concerned with that guy getting his footwork right. And the end product, the player is not involved in the game planning. And so he has all kinds of the time that he does have, he can use to be more detailed, but it's not coming from this side. If that makes sense, it's not coming from the team. Cause like Shannon said, the coach staff's worried about some other stuff. So it's always interesting to me that dynamic of why would you not have people in the building that are helping these guys through this now in concert with what your coaches, your, your coaching staff or the, you know, the real coaches, whatever you want to call them are, in concert with what they're trying to accomplish from a game plan standpoint. That's how you get the most out of your players. That's why some guys go hire guys outside and, and you see them are, that's why they're really high performers because they, they get all this extra kind of information about their game and the, the people that they're playing that makes them have a really, a real unique advantage on Sundays, but longer conversation for another day. Listen, guys, this is going to be a close one. I think the 44 uh, over under is super interesting. If you're a betting guy, I might go to betonline.ag. I saw ESPN just came up with a betting thing too, uh, but we don't like that because we're a betonline uh, team. But I might get online and, and place a couple on behalf of my uh, my fantasy football league because we don't actually worry about our fantasy teams. We just worry about the parlays that we could throw out or throw our money at. I guess that's how it keeps us all together because we're a bunch of degenerates. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, rate and review us, leave me comments, questions. I try to answer as many as I can, and I hope everybody's enjoying the show. Find me on Mike Wall uh, 68 at, at Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy it. Talk to you on Monday. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.